This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, bringing to you the Short Talk Bulletin, published by the Masonic Service Association of North America every month since 1923. This, the Short Talk Bulletin podcast, is produced in cooperation with the MSA and is made possible with the generous support of a grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota. Volume 36, Number 1, from January of 1958. Moon Lodges. Editor's Note. This bulletin is abstracted from the Masonic Service Association Digest of the same title, by Warren Fowler Melney. Published January 1954. The Digest contains many accounts of old and romantic lodge customs of the long ago. Those who find the faint perfume of age and romance in this talk would enjoy the original. The Moon Lodge, meeting on a specified weekday, OB, on or before, or OA, on or after, the full moon, is slowly but surely disappearing from the American Masonic scene. There were more than 3,000 moon lodges 50 years ago. Now, but about 500. 36 of the United States' 49 Grand Lodges still have moon lodges. A number of Grand Lodges have legislated moon lodges out of existence, insisting that all lodges meet upon definite dates. A large number of moon lodges have voluntarily, if perhaps regretfully, yielded to modern conditions and changed from the old on or before or on or after full moon to definite dates. The moon lodges herein represented have clung to the old custom because it is old, preferring the inconvenience, if any, caused by confusion as to just when the moon is full, to sacrificing what has had the force of an ancient usage and custom. Some moon lodges herein described may no longer be such. Even as this bulletin goes to press, a lodge will vote tonight whether it will continue as a moon lodge or set a definite meeting date. John H. Campbell, Secretary of Claremont Social Lodge, number 29, Ohio, writes, Claremont Social Lodge is one of the oldest lodges in the Northwest Territory. One of the first items in the treasurer's book is to cash for the jewels to our best, $40. Robert Best was a silversmith in Cincinnati, and the jewels were of solid silver and are in use to this day. Among the valued relics of the early days is what was known as the old chest, made of walnut, the lid being one solid walnut board 30 inches wide. The chest was made to hold the lodge possessions between meetings in the old jury room. It was later stood on end and made into a locker, which is still in use. One of the oddest incidents in the story of the lodge occurred at the public installation of G.B. Beecham for his first term as master, December 18, 1885, when, as that part of the program being ended, Brother Isaac N. McAdams, accompanied by Mrs. Susan P. Hodges, stepped in front of the East, while the secretary, Homer McLean, J.P., arose to request a privilege, and to the surprise of the large assembly of Masons and their guests, pronounced the marriage ceremony for the brother and his bride, who had mutually added a fine turkey and much else to the banquet in the lower hall, 
where the company went to what was appropriately called the Lodge's Wedding Feast. An old receipt reads, Received of Claremont Social Lodge No. 29, $4 it being my account against the estate of, for making coffin, January 30th, 1852, another stovewood delivered to Widow McLean. Claude F. Nettleton, past master of Acacia Lodge No. 51, Minnesota, writes, Acacia Lodge No. 51 meets in Cottage Grove, Minnesota. Cottage Grove is a very small village about 15 miles from the city of St. Paul. Our meeting night is the Wednesday closest to the full moon. We have about 110 members, the majority of which are farmers, and our lodge is 89 years old. We are told that the old-timers picked the light of the moon, the better to see to drive to and from the lodge. There were no automobiles when this lodge was formed. We are the only lodge in Minnesota that does meet in the light of the moon. The name of our lodge is spelled wrong, but that is the way it is on our charter, so we have to govern ourselves accordingly. Editor's Note Acacia Lodge No. 51 is spelled A-C-C-A-C-I-A. The membership of our lodge is bigger than the population of the village in which it's located, which accounts for the membership being mostly farmers. We have an emblematic carpet which is between 75 and 80 years old. It's cordage carpet, 36 inches wide and sewed together with carpet warp. Every four feet is alike, woven with all the implements of masonry. Everything, including the three, five, seven steps, pillars, altar, setting mall, etc. This carpet covers the entire lodge room and preparation room and, for its age, is in very fine shape. Grand Secretary Alpheus E. Orton of Kentucky writes, We have 52 moon lodges. Ten or twelve years ago, we had 119. The Grand Lodge of Kentucky, in its Proceedings of 1874, published an almanac of full moons, which showed the full moons in each year, beginning with the year 1869 and closing with the year 1883 showing the day of the week and the month upon which every full moon occurred. Charity Lodge, number 134, of Maryland, chartered May 11, 1868, meets Saturday on or before the full moon. Milton Stifler, past secretary, writes, The original name of Charity Lodge, number 134, which meets at Parkton, Maryland, was Bentley Springs Lodge, number 134. We met there for a period of eight years when we moved to Parkton on May 9, 1876. The name was then changed to Charity Lodge. This was in the horse and buggy days, and many of the brethren walked from five to eight miles to and from the meetings. There was no train service after the lodge closed, and one brother, on several occasions, walked from Parkton to Woodbury, a distance of 25 miles, in order to be at his place of work by 5 a.m. When the lodge was located at Parkton, it was decided to hold the meetings on the Saturday falling on or preceding the full moon, so that the members might have moonlight, in which to return to their homes. This custom still prevails, and the lodge is very well attended. A. Clyde Harvey, secretary of Mooresville Lodge No. 78 of Indiana, writes, 
Mooresville Lodge, number 78, has a history of growth and development, covering a period of over 100 years. The lodge was instituted in the home of Dr. Heiner, a pioneer physician, and later moved to Black's Tannery. In the course of time, the lodge moved to the second story of a merchant's storeroom, and for the rent of this room, they paid $40 per year and allowed the Order of Oddfellows to use the room for $20 per year. The owner of the building donated $5 per year to the lodge, making our net rent per year $15. Many old-time oyster suppers and ice cream socials were held there for the benefit of the treasury, and they were considered social events of much importance in their seasons. Today, our light and water bill will amount to approximately as much per month as the rent for the hall did in 1860 for the year. On one occasion, a motion was made and carried to spend 15 cents on a new dipper for the water bucket. On June 16, 1848, dues were paid and receipts were issued to eight members, amounting to 15 cents each. F.E. Cody, Secretary of Freedom Lodge, number 194 in Illinois, writes, On March 5, 1856, a group of Masons met in a brother's house in Harding, Illinois, to form a lodge. On March 22, 1856, Most Worshipful Grand Master W. W. Herrick granted us a dispensation to form a lodge. Freedom Lodge, number 194, I presume, was named from our Freedom Township. The first meeting of the lodge was held April 26, 1856. A motion was made and carried at the meeting to meet on Saturday night on or after the full moon. But that has been changed since then, and we now meet on the Saturday night on or before the full moon. At the present time, we have 102 members, which is the largest membership we have ever had. Freedom is a small place, no post office, but it is the center of our Masonic heart. While the members live in surrounding towns, yet freedom means our Freemasonry. We are very proud of the meeting date and will hold it as long as we can possibly do so. DeSoto Lodge, number 105, in Florida, chartered January 17, 1889, still clings to the old custom of meeting on the Saturday night on or before the full moon, and Tuesday night on or before the new moon, which was started in the early history of the lodge, so that the members would have moonlight to travel on horseback or by wagon and buggy. Today, DeSoto Lodge is fraternally known as the Moonshine Lodge. John C. Morris, Secretary of County Line Lodge, number 373 in Arkansas, writes, County Line Lodge, number 373, was chartered in 1879 with 16 charter members. The lodge still holds its meetings in the same old building, located in Fulton County, Arkansas, between Baxter and Fulton County Lines, about four miles from Bakersfield, Missouri, which is our mailing address. Most of the lumber was hand-planed, and the framing was put together with wooden pegs, At one time, there were two churches and a store and a post office in the community. All have been moved but one church, which meets in the first story of the lodge building. Early minutes show that, Resolved that a committee of three be appointed 
to visit the widows and orphans of deceased Master Masons and report their need. A resolution was passed to empower the secretary to pay 25 cents for a broom. It was moved, seconded, and passed to pay the secretary 50 cents for each day's work at the lodge. Resolved that the regular stated meetings be held on each Saturday, on or before the full moon. Appropriated $34.25 for Grand Lodge dues and to pay for the charter. Resolution authorizing the secretary to write to the Grand Master of Arkansas to know if they could rent the hall to the Odd Fellows for $2 per month. Resolved that the County Line Lodge loan the sum of $40 until the first day of November, 1883, at 2% per annum until paid. Treasurer to take note and good security for the payment. Brother paid 15 cents for four months' dues. End of quotes. Grand Secretary Charles H. Steubinger of Alabama writes, There is one full moon lodge in Alabama, Blackshire Lodge, number 593, Uriah, Alabama. Meets Saturday before the full moon each month. The dispensation for this lodge was issued by Most Worshipful Brother Robert J. Redden, Grand Master, on September 3, 1902, and the lodge was chartered on December 3, 1902. Thirty years ago, Pennock Lodge, number 161, at Eclectic, Alabama, met on Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, on or before the full moon. The lodge room was over a crossroads store, and there was a woody grove alongside of the place, where members left their horses, mules, and wagons. The members' families accompanied them. The men went upstairs to lodge, came down at about 4 o'clock, and after lunch, visiting and trading, went back to lodge and finished their business. Grand Secretary Joseph A. E. Ivey of Arizona writes, When I was a young Mason, nearly fifty years ago, some of our old brothers told how they hitched up a buckboard and rode many miles to lodge on a Saturday afternoon, on or before the full moon. When they arrived, they would unhitch old Dobbin and let him feed on hay which they had put in the buckboard. They would hold their meeting in the afternoon, call off for a bite to eat, which they brought with them, spreading it out on an improvised table downstairs, potluck fashion. Swap a few yarns, enjoy an hour of real fellowship, afterwards returning upstairs to complete the conferring of the degree, or finding out what brother was indisposed, or needed a load of wood hauled, or a little plowing done, or a crop gathered, or anything else to be helpful. We now have only one moon lodge in Arizona, this is Gila Valley, number 9, at Florence, which was chartered November 20, 1890. J. Houston Allen, its secretary, states, Gila Valley Lodge, number 9, is an old lodge. It meets on Monday, on or before the full moon. Our membership is slightly above 100, and we are noted for having members in a large number of the states throughout the Union. Within the last four years, we have survived two fires, and now have a new hall of which the members can be proud. We're situated in a small community county seat of Pinal County and have one lodge within 10 miles of us. James V. Greenhalgh, 
historian of Friendship Lodge in Rhode Island, writes, Friendship Lodge, number seven, worked under dispensation until 1805. The first meeting was held at the Stagecoach Tavern of Jesse Smith on March 13, 1800. Monthly meetings were held in hotels, taverns, and in private homes until 1802. Masonic Lodge Building was erected in 1802. Meetings have been held in this building until the present time, a matter of 150 years. The following bylaws of Friendship Lodge, dated June 16, 1800, are of interest. Quote, Article 1. On every entered apprentice of the Fellowcraft Lodge, the brethren will assemble at Mason's Hall, Gloucester, in such place as the Lodge shall direct, the Tuesday preceding the full moon in every month except July and August, and on every Master's Lodge they shall assemble as above, on every Tuesday preceding the full moon in the months of September, December, March, and June, provided always that if the moon fulls on the above date, that shall be considered the time of the meeting. Article 14. No brother shall be admitted within the lodge, the least disguised with liquor, and should it be discovered afterward, the master or wardens shall order him to retire. Article 28. After the lodge is closed, every brother shall decently and immediately depart. At a meeting held July 3, 1800, the following vote was taken. Voted that each visitor pay for himself and horse 23 or 37 and a half cents, and without a horse, 25 cents. G. Raymond Schrader, Secretary of Huntersville Lodge, number 65 of West Virginia, writes. The first meeting of Huntersville Lodge, U.D., was held August 11, 1875, on the second floor of the Huntersville Courthouse. The charter was granted on November 11, 1875. The present lodge hall was dedicated June 18, 1896. It is over the Presbyterian Church, which was used as a hospital during the Civil War. The furniture of the lodge is all handmade, and all working tools are handmade from black walnut and are used today. The lodge has an organ that plays rolls of music, perhaps the only one in the state. The age is unknown. The lodge meets on or before the full moon, that its members could have the light of the moon to travel by, either on horseback or on foot, from the distance of one to fifteen miles. Brother B. T. Winiecki of Mount Moriah Lodge, number 11, of Washington State, chartered November 1864, writes, The varied history of one of the oldest lodges in the state shows only two outstanding features, the first, its age, and the second, that it is a moon lodge. Older brothers in the lodge state that meeting by the moon was dictated by practical considerations. The geography of the terrain comprising the jurisdiction of Mount Moriah is unusual. It's cut up by fairly large bodies of salt water. It has many streams and lakes, and is very hilly. In the early days, the landmass was covered entirely with dense virgin forest. Nearly all the members were woodsmen, who had to travel considerable distances to attend lodge. In addition to utilizing the light of the moon for night travel, on foot, horseback, and by boat, 
In this region, the weather was generally more clement during the full phase of the moon than at any other time during the lunar cycle. Coupled with the full moon, our predecessors met on Saturday night so that those who journeyed great distances might have an opportunity to return home leisurely on Sunday without having the trip interfere with their working days. Many times in recent years, groups of brethren have sought to change the meeting night from Saturday to some other night of the week. It has always been the consensus of a majority that the date not be changed. It has been argued that Saturday is just as important a part of the tradition as is the phase of the moon, even though the necessity for having more time to travel has been removed by modern means of transportation and the development of a fine road system. This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, and this has been the Short Talk Bulletin Podcast, produced in cooperation with the Masonic Service Association of North America for the purpose of providing a common stock of vetted Masonic information to all of the constituent lodges of all of the member jurisdictions, and is made possible through a generous grant from the Grand Lodge AF&AM of Minnesota, who have been engaging and inspiring good men who believe in a supreme being to live according to the Masonic tenets of brotherly love, relief, and truth since 1853.